Welcome to the Earning the Push podcast, a show by wrestling fans for wrestling fans to talk about the state of the industry and the two things we love most, wrestling as it's happening today and what we would do if we were in charge. My name is Jack Murley. I am a pro broadcaster and alongside us each and every week is our pro athlete, the Terry Funk to my Terry Runnels, the smoking skull to my spinner belt, Charlie Beckett. How are we? I'm very well, thanks, Jack. I'm very well. I am as WWE is heading back on the road soon, I have also headed out on the road this week. I am not in my usual spot. I am up not quite north, but to the northern end of the country in the Peak District. So um, I'm here for a lovely English holiday in the rain. So I'm very well, thanks. I'm very well. You're not missing anything down in Cornwall where it is lashing down. So genuinely, if people would hear some thunder and lightning during this recording, it's either your end or my end. But there's loads to talk about on the show today. We will have part two of our fantasy draft, which got loads of people talking last week. Some of your suggestions on that as well. We'll set you next week's fantasy booking challenge, which is an absolute cracker. And we'll do sending something back to developmental and give something else to push to. Uh, As always, it is your show. So make sure you get in touch at Jack underscore Merley at Charlie underscore Beckett earning the push podcast at hotmail.com we should start Charlie with the bill to money in the bank the matches will always deliver we know Ricochet Morrison Riddle Drew Biggie Owens and others will be in the men's money in the bank ladder match Asuka Naomi Alexa Bliss Nikki Cross Carmella and a returning Zelina Vega uh, and the women's side of things uh, the build is bubbling along quite nicely to this pay-per-view it is, yeah, it, it is bubbling nice. You, you are very right there, Jack. And it's just pay-per-views are coming thick and fast at the moment, it seems, especially between AEW and WWE, it seems, and then takeovers as well. It seems pretty much every weekend we've got something to speak about, which is good for our show. Uh, but I love Money in the Bank. I think after Mania and the Rumble, it's my favourite pay-per-view of the year. And I don't mind the whole thing being around a gimmick because it's not really a gimmick. It's not like Hell in a Cell or TLC where it's based on a match. It's the whole premise of the Money in the Bank ladder matches and it's just a little different. I know I've slated gimmick um, pay-per-views in the past here, but I view, uh, view Money in the Bank like the Royal Rumble as the, the pay-per-views built around that match, not the gimmick of it, if that makes sense. And it, like I said, they always deliver as matches, apart from last year, but we don't talk about last year's Money in the Bank because that was just, we just don't talk about it. But no, I'm very, very excited for this one, especially that men's match. The names you've just thrown out there, they are some seriously talented wrestlers who also have no issue chucking themselves off ladders and are pretty inventive. So I'm um, I'm very much looking forward to that. But we have to address the fact that in the build-up, we have slated it on here, but say it quietly, Raw hasn't been that bad the last two weeks. Yeah, see, I was going to say the same thing. I, I still think there's a lack of consistency. I do subscribe to the idea that wrestling is a buffet. You tune in and there are different things for different people. Although I will say that some of the stuff on Raw, I just don't understand. I forgot completely the 24-7 title was still a thing until it appeared a, a couple of weeks Where back. Where did that and you... come from last night? <laughs> Where's, where's that come from last night? I don't know where Tazawa running in. I thought we got rid of it. I mean, I, I, I can't think anyone is buying tickets to see that the 24-7 title be defended on an ad hoc basis with the Luchadors from 205 Live. However, on the positive, as you say, we have had some great wrestling. Uh, not too long ago, Drew, AJ Riddle, brilliant triple threat match. The mm. matches are there, even if the emotion isn't. Yeah, absolutely. And a word for Ricochet, who... I don't know how they managed to mishandle him the way they have, but he's doing his best on his own social media and the way he's performing in the ring to make himself a big deal again. I've I've been lucky enough to see Ricochet in real life. I saw him at a WCPW show against Will Ospreay, and it was just one of the most unbelievable 
feats of athleticism and just enjoyment I've ever seen. They had 20 minutes. It's in case anyone's listening watched it, it was the famous match where the ropes broke. All the ropes in the ring um, broke and they, they still managed to have a five-star match, in my opinion, without any ropes. It was unbelievable. So he's managing to build himself back up and you get the feeling that actually if he did pull the trigger on Ricochet now and he won the money in the bank, people will get behind that. But I think he's going to do some just absolutely stupidly crazy stuff on some day, isn't he? Like he's going to jump off one ladder, land on his head on another and then somehow land on just one toe on another and then take everyone out with a splash. He's, he's got one of the most incredible athletes I've ever had in the company. He's just some of the things he does, deny, they just deny physics. So speaking of great matches, we have to say KO and Sami Zayn, last man standing match on SmackDown. No one executes a powerbomb like Kevin Owens and poor Sami Zayn got three of them from pillar to post and back again in that match. You've said on this show their rivalry is arguably the most storied and layered in wrestling across promotions and years and they delivered yet again in the Thunderdome. Those three powerbombs in a row to finish him off. I, I love that because... Why would you? I often think it's about last man standing matches. Why would you do one move that might leave him out for 10? Why wouldn't you, when like um, KO did on Saturday, Friday night, why wouldn't you do it three times to make sure? Why wouldn't you put him through two tables and then onto the apron to make sure? It's just, it's sensible wrestling, if that makes sense. Like, it isn't me going, oh, he's going to wait for him. Like, that is what someone would do. If you had that animosity for someone, if you wanted to lay them out for 10, you would make sure like that. And anyone who doesn't, doesn't know what we're talking about, go and check out um, Myth Gifts Wrestling on Twitter because she will layer their history like no one else. It's unbelievable. And she's got a thread at the moment of them and it's all based around just before KO Powerbomb and Sammy through the first table on Friday night, he just screams to him, how did we come to this? How have we got here? I was like, oh, we've got actual emotional storytelling backed up by brutal but brilliant match. Yes, give, give me more of this. Sami Zayn is the master of reinvention as well, because if you think of the Sami Zayn we saw in NXT, who was a clean cut over babyface, the fans wanted to get behind. And now he's sort of this drifter in the cargo pants with the long straggly beard and everyone is against him. And I, I, to me, he's a bit like Johnny Gargano. He's one of those people I, I, I thought initially, there's such a pure babyface. There's such a good, good guy. I wouldn't fancy seeing them as heels. And then they win me round by their character work. And that that's no easy feat in an era where we all think we're so smart. Yeah, I think how Sammy's done it is he's gone with a completely different sort of heels we've ever seen before. We haven't seen someone who, well, he completely changed his appearance, which is one, isn't it? I think it's so easy to distinguish between face and heel Sammy just by when you see him. You see the long beard, the scraggy hair, the weird like flat cap sort of cap in the cargo pants rather than the tights, the tidy beard, the shorter hair. So it's it's easy to see there, which I think is a really clever way to do it, isn't it? Because you see him and you go, oh, he's a heel. I get that. Also this whole, the world is against me. I'm the victim sort of heel. It only works because actually when he needs to, he can back it up as a wrestler. Yeah. If someone does that and they can't wrestle and they can't go in the ring, they're just annoying. They're there a nightmare to see. But actually, when he decides to switch it on, he can still go in the ring. And yeah, you talk about they have companions to wrestle with and people who it just works and it clicks. That Those two, I'd watch wrestle any day of the year. I think they just always, always deliver. They're one of my favourite moments was at WrestleMania, Thing of Ladder Matches, 32. Yep. Isn't a great WrestleMania that opening Intercontinental ladder match that uh, Zack Ryder won? My favorite moments in that are the KO and Sami Zayn interactions. I went almost 
the other four wrestlers give them space just to tell their story. And there's that horrible bit where you think KO's actually killed Sammy, where he goes slightly wrong on the ladder. It's horrible. I think everyone's okay, so we can talk about it. When And that's what I hope we get some of in the two ladder matches, some actual character storytelling in the match. Because one of my big bugbears in wrestling is when it's a big multi-man or multi-woman match, wrestlers forget their feuds before it. Suddenly they start working together or not hating each other. It's like, no, no, no. That's not how it would work in real life. Just because you hate you hate each other, just because there's four other people around, it doesn't mean you suddenly forget that rivalry. So I hope we get some of that because I really enjoy when things like in ladder match or the rumble, those sort of things, we get those individual rivalry moments. Yeah, absolutely. If you want a big match for SummerSlam in front of a crowd, you could do a lot worse than that. Of course, uh, Money in the Bank, uh, the 18th of July, a couple of weeks away at Fort Worth, Texas, at Dickies Arena when WWE are back on the road. Who are your favourites? Obviously, we've got a little bit more build to go. Is there sometimes you can pick people out when when they were going towards a one night stand, two thousand six? You knew Rob da- Rob Van Dam was probably going to win. There are people you can put a pin in sometimes. Looking on both sides, I'm not sure anyone separated themselves from the pack yet. No, I could see them pulling the trigger on Biggie. I'm actually using the briefcase to move them across to Raw. If Drew wins it, he'll have to come across to SmackDown. They, they're struggling for challenges on both sides at the moment, but it looks like from the rumours we're looking at Lesnar, Lashley and Cena, Reigns, aren't we, for SmackDown potentially? So actually maybe they don't need to rush into anything there. I always thought Heal AJ Styles would be great with the briefcase. Yeah. And he's been too long out of the main event scene for a man that talented, a man that good, because what I forgot that he was Raw Tag Team Champion Omos. Like, that's done nothing, has it? So I could see him being in there. And as I said, Ricochet, I think, could really well get himself over enough. They go, out, go on, we'll, we'll go with that one. I don't see it happening for Riddle because he's too entwined with Randy Orton, though, which, by the way, I really enjoy their buddy-cop relationship. is one of the things that's got me through Raw recently, and that continues to get better. So, yeah, I've basically gone through the whole whole pack, haven't I? Like I said, this, the one thing a man I'd say isn't winning is Morrison. I'd say he's yeah. in there to do some really good wrestling, but I don't think it's his time to win it. Um, what do you think? Well, we're not fantasy booking yet, but I do have in my head the inkling of a scenario where Riddle wins the money in the bank and we get some sort of jealousy with Orton. And we also could have a situation. It wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if Orton took the WWE title off Lashley at some point down the line. I mean, you could get yourself there. But then I, I sort of think, am I falling into the classic wrestling thing of wanting to break up a really good tag team we're all enjoying too early? There's no reason for them to turn. I think if... Cesaro were to find him, himself into the title mix, then I would be very intrigued to see what ended up happening there because you could imagine Lashley and Cesaro just beating the hell out of each other at some point. Um, I don't know who I want to win it, and that's quite exciting as wrestling fans. What I do know is I don't want to cash in on the same night. I love it when that build for Money in the Bank goes on for months and months. There's nothing more, in my opinion that sucks the the spirit out of the gimmick more than someone wins it in the opener and cashes it in in the second hour of the show. That just doesn't do anything for me. It's a waste. I can't remember the last time we had a good Money in the Bank run, as in someone who used the briefcase right and had it, and it was an exciting part of their gimmick for however many months. So, yeah, I'd love that as well. On on the women's side, I'm all for strapping a rocket to return in Zelina Vega. I think she can wrestle, and we haven't seen it properly in WWE because she's such a great manager, and you look at the way she trick-changed Andrade's fortunes 
in WWE. He was doing nothing, was he, until Selena Vega started managing him and then he was one of the best NXT champions they ever had. Didn't work out on the main roster, but we've seen her talent as a, as a manager. But I'm all for big return, exciting, came out of nowhere, strap a rocket to her and let, let's see her because I think she's the right kind of clever, conniving, scheming heel that the Money in the Bank was kind of designed for because that's, that's the one issue with Money in the Bank. It is really designed for heels, isn't it? A noble baby face shouldn't really be cashing in when someone's tired and bloody and beaten, should they really? You do so it, it, though. Come on, absolutely. we all would. Yeah. But, but, but am I a face? Are we putting me in as a baby face? I'm not sure that would be what I would <laughs> oh, be. Oh, come on, you're clean cut. You're, you're the biggest baby face on this show. You're one of the nicest I'm, guys in sport. I'm not sure you know me as well as you think, Mr. Murray, <laughs> not when it comes to winning and losing. Oh, my um, God. Oh, this is how the turn starts. Yes, exactly. That line they'll play back in promo packages. You don't know me <laughs> yeah. as well as you think. Exactly. Um, so no, I, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see Zelina win that. I think that one just makes sense. Well, we will watch with interest as that one comes down the pipe thick and fast. Uh, that is on the road and AW returning to the road as well. They said a farewell to Daly's place at the Dynamite Just Gone with a tremendous video package. I mean, if you've seen nothing else from AW Dynamite this past Wednesday, Just Gone, go out of your way to check out that video package of what they've done at Daly's place because it does make you think how for a company in its second year having to go fanless in a pandemic behind closed doors they really did generate some legitimate moments. Yeah, and I got a little bit choked up watching it, especially with all the um, Brody Lee stuff involved yeah. in it. The whole thing, it was a it was a masterful video package. And I, I'm often found on here saying WWE are the masters of video packages, and I still maintain they are. But that AEW one, it was, it, without sounding too poetic or arty, it was kind of beautiful. Like, it was such a way to sum up the... 14 months or how long they've been there and how they've made made the best out of a bad situation. And we spoke about off air, like you forget how many huge moments have happened in this last year for that company. Like huge signings, huge title changes, incredible matches. So yeah, it was a brilliant piece of video making. It's only three and a half minutes. It's it's definitely worth a watch. And I said before, I say again, I'm not the biggest AW fan. I I keep in touch with that. I see what I need to. But yeah, even that video package got me a bit choked up watching it. it was it was really brilliant and it's just so exciting for these companies to get back out on the road again and I imagine that the rest is going to be like kids at Christmas because it's tough for them I know being away from families and loved ones but you play sports you do entertainment you you perform in the arts whatever you want to call wrestling for the thrill of the cheers the booze you, you live off the audience and these guys these girls haven't done it for almost 18 months now so they must be so excited to get back out there in front of fans and we'll get a better idea of, of who is connecting and who isn't. I've heard Tony Khan say quite openly that he wasn't convinced by Matt Hardy bringing his, his broken character to AEW and they tried a bit of the teleport and stuff and it didn't didn't really pay off because there were no fans there to react to it. And, you know, we see who we think we like because we're fans, but you put Adam Page in front of an arena or MJF or Darby Allen, and suddenly you're going to know. And, and ditto for WWE as well. I was thinking about... The, the push that Becky Lynch got her that sent her into the stratosphere only happened because of the fans' reaction to that sort of botched heel turn they tried with Charlotte. We could start getting those moments back again. There is nothing about wrestler, wrestling that isn't better with the fans there. The most obvious and famous one is the yes movement, isn't it? We would never have got WrestleMania yeah. 30 without the fans. The really interesting one I thought was at TakeOver the um, other week, how over Cameron Grimes is. I know there's only 500 fans there, but they were going berserk for him. He's got himself over with a brilliant... And you, the way they've used Ted DiBiase 
in that has been so clever. And he's obviously before my time, but you know who he is. And that laugh, and the whole thing has been excellent. So that there will be people we don't realise from social media and from merch sales. There are people who we won't realise how over they are. And there are people who we will expect, the companies will expect to be over and the fans will be so so about. And it will change the next few months, the landscapes of the two major companies, because at the end of the day, fan, fans do dictate how it goes in some ways, as we've seen in some famous examples. So it'd be very interesting to see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. You're so right about Ted DiBiase. And I, I, I'm probably more of an AEW guy than you, as you say. And I've praised Tully Blanchard and the way that uh, AEW have used him and, and Jake the Snake. But fair play to NXT and WWE. They have used Ted DiBiase brilliantly. Uh, any other news and notes we want to do from this part, Charlie, before we move on to the, the fantasy booking? We should say Great American Bash is, is coming its way for NXT. That will always deliver these sort of theme shows they do. If you need a fix of good wrestling and nothing else, NXT is a place to be. That's going to be a good show. Um, you look at the, the Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole again will deliver. You've got Gagano and Karrion Cross. who, oh, that's what we used to talk about, Jack. <laughs> Forget yeah. all the wrestling. We're starting with you, then I, I worm my way in there. We're basically firm friends with Karrion Cross. Yeah, so what happened was I was watching just some little video on Twitter for England uh, preparing for their game against Ukraine, and we noticed Declan Rice was holding an NXT title. And you sort of put on social media, ha, 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 Declan, you know, don't let Karrion Cross see this, words to that effect, never thinking Karrion Cross would see and suddenly he's replying, threatening a run-in, and you're having to do your enforcer-heavy type thing to back Carrion Cross off. Um, unbelievable. Jumped, just jumped in and said, look, Carrion, I'm big fans. A lot I'd let you get away with, but the lads are bringing it home, so don't don't mess about. Don't don't mess about with this. And he replied basically saying, yeah, the lads are bringing it home. And then it, we were just talking before we start the show. It seems we've got some serious WWE fans in the England squad at the moment. Declan Rice always has an NXT title with him. You've seen him and Mason Mount doing some wrestling in the pool the other day. I can't remember who, but I saw one of them on socials with a Raw tag team title. Of all the titles to have a Raw tag team title over his shoulder. Um, you've got Edge tweeting them, saying, bring it home, lads. It's all going off. Do you think that Gareth Southgate is the Paul Heyman of English football in the sense that he's got these group of players who other people before him weren't able to bring together and now he's managed to motivate them. He is the equivalent of Paulie Dangerously for, for the It's Coming Home movement. Yeah, absolutely. And I saw, uh, we spoke about it. If they do win it, absolutely Triple H needs to sort a personalised belt for them, doesn't he? Because also, that's all I ever want to do. I want to win something with a rugby club. I want to win something big. And I just want to tweet Triple H like, look, we've won this. Can you sort a belt out for us, please? That would be fantastic. Um, well, we we watch with interest on that. Carrion Cross, Declan Rice, either or both. You are always welcome on the Earning the Push podcast, as are you folks, wherever you are listening. Uh, some brilliant suggestions coming in for part two of our fantasy draft. We'll get onto that in a moment. Uh, we'll come to the break now. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and rate and review us wherever you get your pods from. At Charlie underscore Beckett is him. At Jack underscore Murley is me. Earning the Push podcast at hotmail.com. Coming up in a tick, part two of our fantasy draft. And we set the booking topic for next week which is a cracker
Okay, part two of the show is fantasy booking. Uh, Charlie, we we got into it last week, our fantasy draft, and so did the folks who have been kind enough to put us in their feeds and listen. Uh, And we've got some great suggestions coming in for part two of this uh, from Andrew, from Josh, and from Emma that are all very intriguing. Do we want to recap where we both landed up last week before we we go to our next picks? Would you like to, to take us off? First, what we've got to discuss is how badly we did at the game to decide who got the first draft pick last week. <laughs> we literally, after it, like there were some big names we didn't get involved with. They're like Matt Hardy, for example. Didn't think yeah. of him. And we did six picks each last week. And at the moment, the roster for the International Wrestling Association, the IWA, the roster looks like this. We have Paul Heyman, Roman Reigns, Becky Lynch, Big E and Xavier Woods from the New Day, Charlotte Flair, I'm Adam Cole. Okay, it's a it's a stellar roster. I went for John Moxley, Sasha Banks, RK Bro, Bully Ray, Piper Niven, and Darby Allen. That's where I landed last week. We had some great suggestions coming in from uh, Sam and James and George and, and others. Uh, George being Charlie's ex-Jersey Reds teammate. I, I don't think we need to delve into that anymore. No. Suffice no. to say, it left many listeners baffled. Uh, I think then, Charlie, we're up to pick number seven, and it's your turn at the rostrum. Who are you taking to your roster? I am using my second tag team pick. Okay. Now... I don't think you'll have an issue with this, but you may want to challenge and throw the flag because they're not currently a tag team, but they came to fruition WWE as a tag team. So I'm putting them back together and I am taking DIY. Oh, oh. I'm taking Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa as a pair. Hmm. Oh, Hmm. he's not sure about this. I think we get into dangerous territory when we start putting tag teams that used to exist back together, because otherwise you could have put the shield back together and said, I'm having Romans and Seth Rollins. You could have, you could have my only argument. Lay this out for me. Is that they literally would, they were doing nothing in WWE and they came together and they had a long time together. And yeah, what I'm saying is all applicable to the Shield as well. I realise this, but they're both in the same company still. They're both in NXT, and I really like them both as wrestlers. And I wanted to get them both as one pick. What do I get if I give you this? Do I get an extra pick? Do I get something? What? Because you didn't think about how you could bend the rules. No, you do not get an extra pick for that. You're right. You are the heel. You are the heel in this. Here we go. Here we go. If you give me this. I will give you the next two picks in a row. You can have you can have your seven and eight, and then you can have the first pick for the last three. Okay, so I, I get to do my two picks back to back if I give yeah, you DIY. So, so I get these as seven, as my number seven. You get seven, eight, and I get eight. You get nine, I get nine. You get 10, I get 10. So I take the last pick for the last three rounds. Okay, that's a deal. I'll take okay. that. You you can have your DIY. You can have them. Were you, were you planning on taking either of them? No, not at all. I just wanted oh, so to see Oh, so why have I... you made such a fuss? Because I'm I've now, because I've now got back-to-back draft picks called leverage, my friend. It's a it's a ruthless business. I'm like Vince McMahon buying up the territories. I I do <laughs> what I need to do. I do what I need to do. Excellent. Okay. Well, this bodes very well then. Uh, my pick number six, uh, seven for me rather. Pick number seven is going to be a man who I think will be one of the faces of wrestling towards the tail end of 2021 and going into 2022 as well. He is one of AEW's homegrown talents. He is a man who is entering the title picture with Kenny Omega as we speak. I am taking Adam Page 
and his horse, if he wants to bring it, to be pick number seven for my roster, because I think he has that breakout quality we were talking about. He's going to be one of those people, I think. I don't think that will infringe on your roster pick, so I'm going to no. take him. Um, are you uh, counting his horse as his tag team partner, though? No. No. <laughs> Can you imagine a horse with a super kick? It would kill everyone. It would kill them That's dead. why I'm scared of them. That's why I'm scared okay. of them. And I'm going to mix things up because I'm going to change one of my picks on the fly since I have got uh, pick number eight. And I'm going to take my second tag team pick and I'm going to take Mustache Mountain. Tyler Bate and Trent Seven are going to be pick number eight for me. Brit Strong style at its best. The matches they can have both in a tag team situation with RK Bro are going to be fantastic. If I team up Moxley and Allen, that's going to be good. And I reckon that when they split off, that's going to be fantastic. So Mustache Mountain, a little bit of British grit is coming to my roster. Yeah, you've got your future star there in uh, Tyler Bate. I think the world has forgotten how good Tyler Bate is because of how good Pete Dunne is, if that makes sense. Tyler was the first UK champion. Their match is unbelievable. He's he's about 12 years old, isn't he, Tyler Bay, or something stupid like that. He's going to be <laughs> he's going to be something impressive. Right. I was nervous because I really... I, I gambled with this pick because I, I left him low down because I didn't think you were going to take him. And then I thought there you were going to. So okay. my number eight is he is a current free agent. So we are going to bring him to the IWA, recently released by WWE, formerly known as Alistair Black. I'm taking Tommy End to the IWA. Oh, interesting. Interesting, interesting, interesting. You see, Tommy End wasn't even on my list of people. Wasn't he's, one even of my he's one of my favourites. I think he's going to be doing some seriously exciting things coming out of his WWE release. You hear how the way Heyman, who I've got, Heyman is a big fan of his. Uh, yeah. You read on the dirt sheets, the, the men in the know that we are. Um, so I'm excited. And also, I do think every great wrestling company is a little bit of a spooky man. And here's the spooky man. That might be the non-gimmick name you have to give him. The spooky, the spooky man. man. <laughs> half boogeyman, half undertaker. The spooky man is coming oh, yeah. to Charlie's Federation. Uh, before I go on with my pick number nine, uh, I'm going to just go through some of the ones that we've been sent here because they've been cracking coming Excellent. in. Uh, this Excellent. comes to us from uh, our friend and yours, Andrew, who is Booker extraordinaire, the man in the know when it comes to putting together great storylines. He says, I'm going to have to go with what you said at the end of last week's episode and pick on instinct because it's too hard to whittle it down. So I'm going, says Andrew, for Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, Roman Reigns, the Usos, Daniel Bryan, Darby Allen, Sasha Banks and Ember Moon. Paul Heyman and Jeremy Borash would be my wild cards. Omega and the Bucks versus Reigns and the Usos is a program that could carry the company for months as you build up a new star. Any combination of them in the ring would be good and their characters are on point. Daniel Bryan can be to this company what Terry Funk was to ECW. Darby Allen just has that cool factor. He's the future of the company. Kids will want to be him. I seriously toyed with both MJF and Sammy Guevara for this role, but I think Darby is the one. Sasha has everything too, and I think she can be an even bigger star. Given more freedom, she can reach Becky Lynch levels of superstardom. Ember Moon has always been one of my favorites. She has a moveset like nobody else in the women's division. Light a fire under her and give her a spotlight, and you've got a bona fide star. And Heyman and Borash can do anything. Versatile with knowledge of the industry, the sheer quality of pretty much anything they're involved in, 
convinced me. I did toy with the likes of Kota Ibushi and CM Punk as well. On the women's side of the roster, I could have easily gone with Bailey or Becky because Sasha versus Becky for the NXT women's title is still one of my favorite matches. Very, very tough decision. His top of the card, that 3v3 rivalry would be something special, wouldn't it? At the moment, the way the way they are. Omega on the Bucks versus Reigns and the Usos, that's, that's something. I'd, I'd watch that. I would yeah. watch that. I mean, and I just have to say, I say it every week, it took, it took a little while for the Bucks to find their lane in AEW, yes. yeah, but yeah. now they have. There is no better heel combination. I, I think they're going to get booed out of the building when they yes. go back on the road at AEW. Uh, this is Josh. This is interesting. And Emma has a similar take in terms of the way she's thinking. She has bent the rules a little, but I think we'll allow it when I explain why. Josh says, I'm going for a promotion that targets the UK and Europe market exclusively. I like so it. My roster would be Finn Balor, Walter, Miro, Piper Niven, Mustache Mountain, Drew McIntyre, Kaylee Ray, Kip Sabian, with wildcard picks of Stu Bennett and William Regal. Yeah, you can't tell me you wouldn't want to see this version of Miro against Walter or Drew McIntyre against Finn Balor. Come on now. Unbelievable. I just can't believe he's not picked Pete. I can't believe for a yeah, he's not there. that you're looking to target the UK and Europe. I, by the way, I don't know who you'd get rid of in that roster, first of all, but he'd be my first name. It's probably it's maybe it's personal preference. He'd be up there as on my first. Says also get Fit Finley in there. Let's see Finley back in the ring. Yes, God, Fit Finley was so underrated in that sort of SmackDown 2005 2006 yeah. era. He was the man you'd put in against any of the big names to have a good match, and he'd always lose, but no one would come out as the loser. If you know what I mean, he'd always deliver. And it seems like you you hear sorry on a side note with Finley, any of the women WWE talk about him because he's been their head trainer for a long time, hasn't he? They all worship the ground he walk, walks on as a trainer and just as a person. He's like a great bloke. Jokingness of that, but actually he'd be an asset to any wrestling company, I think, Fit Finn. Going to change never, one of your picks, are you? Going to change no, around? No, but never forget <laughs> that the 2020 Royal Rumble, he decided, was it, no, was it 2019? He decided that he had the authority out of nowhere to put Becky Lynch in the match, which he absolutely didn't. When Lana yeah. got laid out and he was like, Becky was there, he was like, go on, then in you go. You can just imagine Vince being back there going, Finn? That's, that's not your job, mate. What, what are you doing? It would be like if I was uh, watching you doing rugby and I was commentating and, uh, and one of your old coaches got knocked out and I was like, send Charlie. I have no authority to do it, but there Get we him go. On. Get him on. Get the boy on. Uh, right. Well, this is interesting because Emma, you twisted the rules, so we'll allow Emma to do it as well. I really She's... don't think I did. I really don't think They're I did. They're not a tag the team. They're not together anymore. They were. <laughs> Come on now. Emma says, uh, I'm going for an all-women roster. Now, how about this? You'd watch this, okay. I guarantee you. Becky Lynch, Britt Baker, Sasha Banks, Thunder Rosa, Awesome Kong from Impact Wrestling, Fire and Flavor, that's Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles, Nyla Rose and Charlotte Flair with a commentary team of Mara Ronaldo and Trish Stratus. An all-women's roster like that would be fantastic. That would be a hell of a promotion. The yeah. matches you'd have from there, but I can't. The one thing I'm shocked at, she didn't put Beth Phoenix on commentary. She went for Trish because I think Beth Phoenix is maybe one of the best and definitely one of the most underrated commentators in wrestling at the moment. And you're not telling me if you got Beth on commentary there that you wouldn't have her in the ring in no time. She'd yeah. be she'd be lacing the boots up and getting involved with those women in no time. I'm sure. 
Well, let's get back to our draft. Uh, it's time for me to pick my uh, ninth pick. And my ninth pick is my wild card. And my wild card is Beth Phoenix. You read there my mind. Is. There we go. It was always there. It's written down on my list. So I haven't just picked that off the top of my head. Because Beth Phoenix would enhance my women's division, which is Sasha Banks and uh, Piper Niven. She's an amazing analyst. She's a great manager. She could get physical in the ring. And let's not just limit her to the women's division. Any of the men on that roster who want to know how to structure a match could go to either Bully Ray, but equally Beth Phoenix, and she would set them right. So pick number nine for me is my second wild card, and I'm going for Beth Phoenix. Um, also, so when you said about Beth there, you watch the Edge 24. Any of the men want to do some training, go and train with Beth. If you watch his 24 documentary where he's getting back to the ring and he does most of his training with Beth and it's unbelievable. It, they, that was some of my favourite watching was him coming back and wrestling with her. Because hold, you on, see hold on, hold on, hold on. So if you can have DIY because they're a tag team as two, surely I can have Beth and Edge because they're an actual married couple. Have they ever teamed up as a tag team in the ring? No. So let's just leave it there. Are you certain? Are you certain? You've, yes, and you've also, you, you, you pick locked in. You can't change your pick once it's locked in. Right, I'm okay. going to show you my notepad and how much I've scribbled uh, on these last two picks, okay? Look at those last two picks at the bottom, how much scribbling I've done. Do you see that? Oh, my days. Yes. Oh, so my days. Lot, so I need to apologise to the woman who's just not made the cut here because I was going to have three, women, but actually I thought having three is a really odd number. So I'm going to leave it with two for now, and I'm going to pick up a load of amazing, talented women in free agency after I've made my 10 draft picks. Okay. So I've got That's to have a huge apology to Britt Baker, who until 30 seconds ago was coming <laughs> AEW, uh, from AEW. She was getting drafted. Even though you've got Adam Cole in there as well? Yeah, well, I'm thinking that I'm going to use his links to get her in free agency. Unless you take a 10th, I'm thinking I'm taking her in free agency through Adam Cole. Um, and if not, then we'll get her one day. So I'm actually taking, just because it's a role I don't have, and I think every every wrestling company needs a genuine monster, a huge monster for your baby face to, to topple. And as much as Reigns is a heel, he's not a monster, is he? So I am taking the best monster in wrestling at the moment, the ring general, Walter. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I can't argue with that at all. I can't argue with that. I suppose if I was going to make an argument, because I really wanted that pick myself, so I'm trying to do it down. Was that was Walter coming tenth for you? I, I don't need to tell you what was coming tenth for Walter. Oh. <laughs> but is there an argument that Walter has only been a monster because he has been kept in the NXT and NXT UK universe? If he had been brought up to the main roster, if you stand Walter next to Roman Reigns, is he as big and indestructible as you might think? It, it's a very good question, because he's actually, this is going to sound ridiculous, Walter's only six foot four. You think he's bigger because he wrestles smaller guys. You think, yeah. I Googled it, you think he's six seven, six eight. The thing is, he's six four, but he is enormous at six four as well. Like I'm, I'm six foot four, and I look tiny next to Walter. He's just a huge man. Also, I think it's the way he wrestles makes him a monster more than I think those chops. Also, side note, we're getting Walter Dragunov too. It looks like in NXT UK. Yes. I don't know if you've seen this. This looks so... Because anyone who hasn't seen Walter versus Dragunov, go and watch it. Stop listening to this. Go and watch it and come back to listen to this after. Pick it back up here. And the fact we're getting a second one of them is very exciting. Uh, but no, so I'm taking Walter at number nine. As I said, I've only got two women. And I am, I am a little upset myself with that because there are so many talented women and 
the women's roster is light at the moment. But my plan is to pick up the rest of my women's roster. I've got my two main ones. I've got Becky and I've got Charlotte. I'm going to build build the roster around, and then I'm going to pick up all the amazing talented women at free agency and give them great deals. They're going to have loads of great deals in in, in the IWA. Yeah. Okay. So given Walter was my pick for number ten, I need to do a little bit of ducking and diving here, uh, and I am. Having heard what you've said there, I'm actually gonna gonna take your logic and go in a different direction. I'm gonna use my final pick to pick a third woman because I think that I can distinguish myself from your company by doing it. I also think this woman has the potential to be absolutely huge. I'm gonna pick Thunder Rosa is gonna be my tenth and final pick for the IWF, and that is just on the spur of the moment. I will tell you my my initial backup was AJ Styles, however. I just think as I look at this now, a roster with Sasha Banks, Piper Niven, Thunder Rosa and Beth Phoenix getting involved in the mix somehow gives me potential for a few programs. I think she'll appeal to that Hispanic audience that is so big in wrestling um, because my other pick instead of Mustache Mountain was going to be the Lucha Bros. And then I sort of called an audible on that. So I'm going to bring Thunder Rosa in to compensate for that. And that sort of wraps up my roster. Lovely. Well, I've got to. That's a brilliant roster, by the way. First of all, I'd watch that Not show. Bad, is it? Yeah. I've got to use my second wild card. Um, oh, yes. I've I've only used Heyman, so I'm I'm bookending with wild cards, and I'm taking a man who, until recently, I wouldn't have considered wild card because I thought he was just a wrestler who couldn't wrestle anymore. But I'm taking because I think he's on his way back to wrestling, which is exciting. I know who this is. I know. I'm who seeing this him is. in a forcing role, which is exciting, and the man can commentate. So I'm taking Samoa Joe as my 10th pick. Yeah, that, that, that is <laughs> a smoking roster because literally your ninth and 10th pick could set the world alight. Just Walter and Samoa Joe. Oh, imagine them, them going to the ring together. Other. Yeah, good Lord. Good but Lord. I want to just run through some of the people who are on my pad who I haven't picked though and I was trying to pick it because yeah. this is, makes it even more interesting. So wild cards who I had down were Ronaldo, JR, Corey Graves and Stu Bennett. I think all of them would be great. And you need a commentary team that makes sense. I'd actually start with Joe on commentary for me because you need a voice that people recognise. And then wrestling-wise, Pete Dunne did Memorosa, which I was shocked at. I thought he was definitely going to, and he didn't. Kyle O'Reilly, Cesaro, Owen, Zane, Lesnar, Keith Lee. These are all names that I considered and just didn't make. Rhea Ripley, I really, really wrestled with. I didn't actually wrestle with her. She beat the, beat the living hell out of me. I considered. Um, did you consider Mr. Punk? Or was that just too bonkers for you in your mind? Because I couldn't bring myself to do it. So I did consider him. I initially, for one of my wildcard picks, what I wanted for a wildcard pick, before you realise you've only got 10 overall and you have to think smart, is I wanted someone who would grab your attention. If you were watching a startup promotion and they came down the aisle, you would stop and watch. And I have to be honest, my initial pick for that role was Stone Cold Steve Austin. Because if you saw him walk out on anything other than WWE TV you would stop and watch. And I maintain he is one of the best interviewers in the game. Yeah. Great talker, could could be a real asset. I didn't consider CM Punk, but I think it's when, when you have in your mind's eye what you want your roster to be. And then you, re- you know, neither of us, I don't think, picked Daniel Bryan, for example. No. Uh, neither of us picked, uh, well, uh, you did get Johnny Gargano, I suppose. No one picked MJF. Uh, neither of us yeah. picked Charlotte, Charlotte Flair. No, I took Charlotte. I took Charlotte. I did take Charlotte. But, you know, the Young Bucks. Um, so yeah. many names. I, it just shows the talent in wrestling. But I still think CM Punk in AEW 
would be the thing. If he yes. wanted a load of money chucked in his direction, and he doesn't need it, he needs satisfaction in his career from everything he said. But God, that would be amazing. Just yeah. to hear that pop one more time. Just imagine. It's the ultimate fantasy booking, isn't it? Imagine an arena that heard the cult of personality go off. Just imagine. It would be like nothing we've ever seen in wrestling before. It would be, it would be bigger than WrestleMania 33 when the Hardys came back. Because that, that, in my mind, is the biggest return pop I've ever heard. Oh, don't, because it gets too excited thinking about it. And actually, upsets. So I don't think it's ever going to happen. So um, let's, let's not go into that. Yeah, so I, considered, I, I considered Brock as a big name to grab your attention. Um, and obviously, I worked tirelessly for how I could bring the Undertaker in, but I kind of thought, apart from the initial pop, I don't really know what I'd do with him now. So it's like, I'm not going to waste a pick on on that just because I don't know what I'd do. What would I do with him? You just fanboy him the whole yeah, time. Yeah, I'd just be sat in the back going, what do you think, Mr. Calloway? What do you think we should do? <laughs> Whatever you want, Mark. Whatever you want. It's fine. You're the boss. Do you want, do you want to own the company? You can have it. So let's go through these two rosters uh, one more time. I'll go with mine. So I have got John Moxley, Sasha Banks, RK Bro, uh, Piper Niven, Adam Page, Darby Allen, Bully Ray, Beth Phoenix, Mustache Mountain, and Thunder Rosa. Those are my picks. And Charlie, you have gone for Paul Heyman, Roman Reigns, Becky Lynch, uh, Biggie and Xavier Woods of the New Day, Charlotte Flair, Adam Cole, Bay Bay, uh, Johnny Gargano, and Tommaso Ciampa of DIY. Tommy End, Walter, and Samoa Joe. Just a triple threat off those last three alone. I mean, Tommy End, Walter, Samoa Joe, um, just amazing. Uh, Look, what do you make of all of this? Uh, It is your show. It is your podcast. So make sure you get in touch. Uh, Jack underscore Murley, Charlie underscore Bucket. I'm so sorry. Charlie Bucket. Charlie Bucket. From Willie Wonka's Chocolate Factory. There it is. Grew up with that my whole life. Where's your golden ticket? Yeah, very funny. Not the first to make that joke. And now you've accidentally made it on air. Do you know what it is? It's more it's more fire for your heel turn that you've been slowly foreshadowing throughout when they make the promo package for WrestleMania 38 or whenever it happens. They'll have all these little moments in uh, Charlie underscore Beckett and earning the push podcast at hotmail.com. Uh, the reason you want to hang on to those details is because next week we're back to fantasy booking and it's yeah. Charlie's choice and it's a belter. So, Charlie, what are we going to be booking for next week? So this is my favourite one. Before we had this show, when I just sit and um, sit in my chair and imagine things myself, this is one of my favourite ones to do. So we're tying in with Money in the Bank. What I want from everyone is I want two Money in the Bank matches, one male, one female, six competitors in each, and they can be any wrestler from any era, from any company. So, for example, you can choose a prime Shawn Michaels. You can choose a prime Hulk Hogan. You can choose a prime CM Punk. You can put anyone in from any time. You can Trish Stratus and Lita from the mid-2000s. Oh. I want them in your six-person Money in the Bank ladder match, one male, one female match, and then I want to know who you'd book to win and how you would book their cash-in in modern-day WWE. Wow. Wow, that is going to be amazing. That has already got my uh, cogs turning. I have ideas. I have, I, have, I have a lot of thoughts. You will hear next week mm-hmm. a lot of thoughts from me and Charlie on this and yours as well. Uh, you've got all the contact details. Wow. Fantasy money in the bank booking. Any person, any company, any era, six in your men's match, six in your women's match. Who comes out on top? 
And where do they go with the briefcase? To glory, to falling down in flames? Do they win? Do they lose? What happens? Uh, do get in touch with us. Uh, also next week, we should say we're going to do a slightly different strand as well. Just your thoughts as the pandemic era begins to come to an end on your pandemic MVP. Who in each company, and we can have a few names for this, it's going to be one of our talking points, has helped to bring both AW, WWE, Impact Wrestling, NJPW through the pandemic. Who has been, because it's not, been easy to be in empty arenas for all this time but some people have stood head and shoulders above the rest charlie so pandemic mvps yeah that'll be very interesting and it'd be nice to give i'm not sure these wrestlers will care too much that they've won the, the, the not so prestigious award of the earning the push pandemic mvp but it'd be nice to get a little bit of recognition because it's not been an easy job as we said earlier they they live off the fans and have not having them especially in those early days when it was empty arenas this it, it was horrible wasn't it so a nice little bit of recognition to the men and women who've gone above and beyond and made a real, real go of it. Yeah, hopefully we don't have a second annual pandemic MVP. Hopefully this is a one and done. Uh, right, don't go anywhere. We're taking a quick break. When we come back, something is going to developmental and something is earning the push. There's that time of the show where we remember we are all wrestling fans, but we all live in everyday life. We have frustrations and things that are going on, and we like to apply wrestling terms to everyday life. We send things we like uh, to the moon with a big push. We send things we hate back to developmental. Uh, we've done all sorts of things on this since we started a couple of months back. Charlie, do you want to go first and second? What, what, what do you want to do? Um, quite quick. <coughs> Excuse me, this week for a change. I'm going to quickly rattle them off. Going back to developmental, are uh, people in gyms who don't clean their equipment after they've used it. Like, oh. it's, not, it's just not very nice, is it? Especially in the moment. Especially mm. in the moment. Like, I, I'd spend a lot of time with my job in a public gym. It's a great public gym, really nice one. There's a few people in there who go there regularly. You, you, you know the regulars who go at your time. And they just don't wash anything. Well, first of all, not putting things away. Because it's been a bugbear for a long time, mind you. Just put your weights away. Secondly, like, yeah. All the, the gyms could not do enough at the moment with the sanitizing stations. They got wipes, they got sprays, they got hand sanitizer, everything. It takes 30 seconds to spray down your bar, spray down your waist, give it a wipe. And you know what? In the current, well, it's something that I hope stays around after the pandemic because actually there's so much sweat and everything. Just it's just hygienic. But at the moment, oh God, just wipe your weights, clean your weights when you're done with them. And so, once you and, and and you know we're very similar. We lift the same, we work out the same. It's hard to tell exactly. us apart, yes. but. It's also when people, and but then they leave the spray on it. So in my gym, you've got sort of the wipes that are wet and you wipe yeah, it yeah. down or you can spray and then it leaves it sodden. So they've also, because the gyms can't do enough, they've put out the dry wipes where the you big, can just sort of- The big blue roll. There's big yeah. rolls of it everywhere. Just towel yeah. it down a bit. So people will either yeah. not do it or leave it sopping wet. I, hey, I'm a, I got your back on this. A hundred percent. Wipe down your weights. Yeah. That's that's quite developmental. And- Following on from my back to developmental last week, it's come full circle. It's earned the push. It's the fact that it, it, it actually might be coming home, Jack. Football might be coming home. Like, actually, no, like, seriously now, no mess in it actually might. We look quite good. I think we're going to get past Denmark. And then they can happen in the final. I think it'll be an England-Italy final. Um, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure how this country will react. I saw a video of a man doing a senton through a picnic table because we beat Ukraine in the quarterfinal. You've seen this on uh, on social media. If not, I'll try to send it to you. It... A man said he looks like Jeff Hardy. He did not look like Jeff Hardy. He looked <laughs> like an overweight, middle-aged, not very good at wrestling Jeff Hardy. But unprovoked, he does a running senton off one picnic table through another picnic table 
And you know how the one man reacting, one man watching him reacts? Just raises his beard to the sky in admiration <laughs> of him. That's because we beat Ukraine in a quarterfinal. What is this country going to do if we win the Euros? Yeah. I'm just going to throw into the mix here that we have a lot of listeners in Scotland and Wales who may take oh. issue with the use of the we. But I take your point. If, if football does come home to England, and we're sorry, Welsh and Scottish folk, we will be unbearable. We will just be unbearable. Yeah, and look, look, you had your chance. You were in the tournament just as much as we were. Oh, you you were are just... going heel today. You really but, are. But they were. They had just the same chance we did. Oh, all your matches have been at Wembley. Yeah, well, shut up. That's my answer. God. It's, a really, it's a really mature answer. Shut up. It's like Bash at the Beach 96. There's going to be litter thrown in here. This is like the NWO forming. Uh, look, actually, on a similar note, I'm sending something back to developmental. It is related to football, but sport in general. When you do something well and people try to put you down by, by minimising the quality of the opponents you play. So it has been yonks since England have got to the semi-finals of, Euro 9, uh, of the European Championships. And all I hear anyone saying is, yeah, well, you, you should expect them to get there. They've not had to play many tough teams. Oh, well, that wasn't a very good Germany team. Oh, well, Ukraine were like this. And I think, what do, these, what, what do sports people have to do? They've not conceded a goal. This is England. They've got through to the semi-finals. So many other big teams have been dumped out. And all certain people can say, yeah, but you'd expect it. No, I grew up not expecting this. I grew up watching us lose to Iceland. Just give yeah. sports people some credit. I mean, this must drive you nuts as an athlete. Yeah. Also, I'd subscribe to it if we hadn't had to beat Croatia, who were World Cup finalists, and if we hadn't beat the Germans in a knockout match for the first time in 55 years. Yes, it wasn't the great German side of the mid-2000s, but it's still Germany in a knockout match, and we do not beat them. We do not do it. So, no, I'm not having that. Uh, yeah. And like I say, people are like, oh, you've had all your games at Wembley. Yeah, well, sometimes you need a bit of luck. And we've had it. So, come on, England. Oh, God, I need them to win it, Jack. I was going to say, all those Scottish and Welsh fans, when when we get knocked out by, by Denmark, oh, they get back on. tail between the legs to you. Uh, I'm going to give a push to something I've discovered on Amazon Prime, uh, and it is fantastic. I'm going to give a push to uh, Clarkson's Farm, Jeremy Clarkson's new show hmm. on Amazon. And who have and you also, been chatting to about, about this to on Twitter? I'm also going to give a push to Charlie's mum, who I didn't know I'd been talking with on social media about Clarkson's Farm till Charlie sent me a screenshot and said, since when did you and my mum become mates? Just just firm friends, aren't you? No, I've had you on now the fourth or fifth person who's told me I need to watch this. It's next on my list of things to watch. It's meant to be brilliant, isn't it? And the, your last recommendation to me was Superstore, which I yeah. very much enjoyed. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crack on with this uh, next week, I think, when I'm home. This will be my yeah. next one. Well, be nice to have you uh, off the road and back home for mm. our next recording. It'll be nice to see AEW on the road and WWE shortly. Very quickly before we wrap up, Charlie, how good will it be to see AEW in front of a live crowd for a Dynamite for the first time in an arena that isn't Daly's place for the best part of 14, 15 months? Yeah, it's going to be brilliant, isn't it? We just It just feels like we're getting back to what, what normal is, what normal was, what wrestling is, and that's going around the going around the country, going around the world, seeing fans and performing in front of them. So, yeah, it's going to be brilliant. It's going to be really, really brilliant. And I cannot wait. They'll hopefully... WWE have announced when they're coming back over. They haven't to the UK in yeah. November, I think. October, November. I doubt it'll be long till AW fall them over here. And I'll be getting tickets because one thing that the pandemic has taught me is, and it sounds quite cliche, life is absolutely too short to wait for the next time something happens. 
So I will be getting tickets to go and watch all the wrestling I can as soon as it all starts again. Absolutely. So say all of us. Right. That is about time for us to wrap this one up. Remember, two things for next week. Pandemic MVP, who has carried their respective companies and the industry through the empty arena era and with fantasy booking money in the bank. Women's match, men's match, six in each, any time, any era, any company who comes out on top. And what happens to them next? Uh, Charlie underscore Beckett, Jack underscore Murley, earning the push podcast at hotmail.com. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get us from. Thank you for bringing us into your feeds, and we will see you next time when we'll do it all again. Bye bye. <laughs>